Good morning, Orlando. It's Monday morning. Hope you're coming off a terrific weekend. Thanks for being up and at them and joining us for our first look today at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning a possible dam failure forces thousands to evacuate, and Disney is raising prices again. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. Anti-Trump protests off his immigration policies. I've got a reality check for that crowd coming up on Good Morning Orlando. Good Monday morning at 6.01 on News Radio 1025. Nearly 200,000 people are forced out of their homes in Northern California as the emergency spillway on the highest dam in the U.S. threatens to collapse. Cal Fire Incident Commander Kevin Lawson says the evacuation took place because of how dangerous the situation is. Essentially what we're looking at is approximately a 30-foot wall of water that would be coming out of the lake. Not the lake drain, but a 30-foot wall of water. That is why we took the appropriate measures that we did, and the sheriff did, and implemented the evacuation Public safety officials put out the evacuation order yesterday afternoon over worries about Oroville Dam. Highways are jammed with bumper-to-bumper traffic as people living downstream from the earthen dam scramble to get to higher ground. The emergency spillway had never been used until the main concrete spillway started crumbling last week after a huge hole opened up. The lake behind the dam is near overflowing because of heavy rains that have fallen on Northern California since the beginning of the year. Oroville Dam is about 150 miles northeast of San Francisco. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Unbelievable situation out there. They couldn't buy a drop of rain just several months ago, and now they just can't turn it off. And and they're really concerned. There have been some historic floods in this country you know, back a long time ago, the Johnstown flood just killed thousands of people. It was a broken dam, came on downstream in Pennsylvania off the hills. And, you know, they're all remembering that. I think the people who understand these things and they're being very, very cautious as well they should be. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, plus, if you all you have to do is see a picture of the size of this dam and you see where the crack is near the very top and you realize that literally behind that wall is a wall of water. Um, hearts, you know, our thoughts and prayers go to those Oh, folks, yeah. You know, it's downstream. a nightmare. Thank God they're getting 200,000 people out of the path of this potential disaster. This dam, you point out, the tallest in America. I was seeing a comparison. It's significantly higher than the Hoover Dam, Deb. Yeah. I mean, that wall of water would be a killer for sure. It really would. Ooh. In the meantime, heavy, wet snow is once again blanketing the Northeast just days after the biggest storm of the season dumped up to 19 inches of snow on the region. Winter storm warnings are in effect from upstate New York to Maine, where blizzard conditions and two feet of snow are possible. Of course, uh, make sure you call the airline if you're going to be lucky enough to be traveling to the Northeast in the next couple of days. The National Weather Service says the Boston area could get up to 10 inches of snow, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, up to 18 and up to 24 inches in Portland, Maine. I'm getting contacts from friends up north who are losing their sense of humor over what's going on up there. <laughs> it's and, uh, right about this time of the year that you're like, oh, okay, winter, it was fun, time yeah, to go. Yeah, I, I tell them I'm having a hard time hearing you. The hot tub is making a little too much noise in the background. Yeah, exactly. Click. <laughs> <laughs> Careful. The next thing you're going to hear is... 
Yeah, we're right. here. I got some coming down this weekend, by the way. See, Interesting. Yeah, you got to always be careful yeah. of that when you live in Florida. Point well taken. President Trump is back in Washington after hosting the Prime Minister of Japan at his Mar-a-Lago estate in Palm Beach. The President and Prime Minister Shinzo Abe got to know one another over the weekend. The two leaders had dinner with their wives Friday night and played golf Saturday at the Mar-a-Lago estate in Palm Beach. The president left Palm Beach County late yesterday to return to the White House. Today, he hosts Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau in Washington. North Korea is claiming this weekend's ballistic missile test was a success. The country's state-run news agency says leader Kim Jong-un personally oversaw the test of a new medium-to-long-range missile early Sunday. The missile's reportedly capable of carrying a nuclear warhead. It was fired from the country's western side and fell into the sea. The test came as President Donald Trump was hosting the Japanese prime minister at his Mar-a-Lago estate in South Florida was considered a signal sent by the North Koreans. In local news, ticket prices are rising again at Disney theme parks. Prices vary at the parks depending on time of year and other variables, but the company increased certain costs by up to $5 starting yesterday on some single-day tickets. Single-day tickets to the Magic Kingdom will now cost $107 during value periods, $115 during regular periods, and peak season single-day tickets will remain $124. Boy, that sounds steep, but it's interesting. Disney keeps raising them, and they can't find the tipping point. People still want to come from all over the world, and as long as that's true... Prices are going nowhere but up, right? Absolutely. You know, yeah. it's, uh, you know, supply, demand, and demand. supply and demand. I forgot the supply part. I was just thinking about demand. <laughs> and finally, a Dominican Republic newspaper is a little red-faced for mistaking Alec Baldwin for President Trump in print. <laughs> the Saturday Night Live yes. parody character? Yes, the Jeez. actor's parody on Saturday Night Live is apparently so convincing. The <laughs> Santo Domingo-based newspaper, El Nacional, ran a photo of the actor in a in character and identified him as the U.S. president. <laughs> Baldwin's character appeared in the paper alongside a photo of, of Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu <laughs> with a story about settlements in Israel. The paper apologized for the blunder. But just so you know, it, it goes both ways. You know, all Dominicans look the same to most gringos. Most gringos look the same to most Dominicans. Oh, is that what's going on I'm here? I'm sure. They're like, oh, that looked like President Trump put it on yeah, the paper. Okay. Yeah, i got to send that guy to Dr. Filatowski get those eyes checked. <laughs> There's something wrong there. <laughs> what, the the orange skin? Oh, oh, that's well, something uh, wrong. Well, I, oh, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> WFLA News Time 607. Didn't watch the Grammys? Well, you can see the full list of winners for this year's Grammy Awards at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Hedinger and Deborah Roberts on News Radio 1025. Couldn't watch the Grammys. Everybody was up there and the producers encouraged them to do it, bashing the President of the United States, making political statements, you know. A little of that goes a long way, particularly it's not necessarily all my kind of music anyway. It, it wasn't as bad as they were expecting. There were a lot of fears that, man, politics is just going to run this show for the entire three-plus hours that it's on. But well, Some of it, but they didn't overload it, is what you're telling bad, me. Not as bad, yeah, not yeah. as bad as okay. what was expected. All right, good. Good. My designated Gammy watcher or Grammy watcher over there. Oh, I didn't watch it. No, you didn't watch it, no. but you've just been reading about it. Yeah. I get it. The Deb Meister, along with the Budman Yaffe at the controls. Let's get rolling here on a reality check for these leftist protesters 
you know, bashing Trump on his immigration policy. We'll get to that in a moment as we come to you from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Yep, we're right here on WFLA. It's News Radio 1025 FM, still at AM 540, nationwide and iHeartRadio. So we're getting into it here, and uh, we're glad you're with us. If you want to join our conversation on whatever the hot topic of the moment is, we're going three hours this morning as always, 407-916-5400. Text us to 23680. All of this begins in a moment. We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. In fact, updated here in two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. On Twitter early Sunday morning, the president said, quote, the crackdown on illegal criminals is merely the keeping of my campaign promise. Gang members, drug dealers, and others are being removed. Um, More on this in a moment. But while we are on the subject that I raised, queuing the traffic and weather break for you here, on the Sunday talk shows, more prominent than I have ever seen him before, White House Senior Policy Advisor to President Trump, Stephen Miller. Here's a little bit of him with a word to these anti-Trump protesters on the immigration issues about the power the Constitution and standing law places within the hands of whoever is President of the United States. I want to say something very clearly, and this is going to be very disappointing to the people protesting the president and the people in Congress, like Senator Schumer, who've attacked the president for his lawful and necessary action. The president's powers here are beyond question. Absolutely they are. Uh, And that's why I believe ultimately he's going to win this court fight. Um, In a moment, some perspective here and a reality check for these protesters and for those of you who are buying into all of this nonsense, all this protesting about how awful and horrible and dictatorial and uh, heartless uh, President Donald Trump is, a little bit of comparison between the Obama regime and the Trump regime in terms of deporting illegal immigrants. We'll get to that in a moment. I watched Miller on Meet the Press NBC and uh, Fox News Sunday, and then Yaffe happened to watch him show up on ABC's Sunday morning show. I thought the guy was great. He was, you could not knock him off balance. He had tremendous command of everything he was saying. Great authority, no nonsense, a really great spokesperson for the President of the United States. I thought stronger even than Kellyanne Conway. Okay? And I said that to Yaffe. And what did you tell me after watching him on ABC? You stood in my office this morning and said, I don't know. I thought he was. I thought he was awful. <laughs> Why? I don't know. I mean, you talk about not knocking him off balance. You know what, what else is hard to knock off balance? A robot. He seemed very robotic, almost like he was reading. And I went back and watched him on, uh, you know, watched clips of him on the other shows as well. And I was just like, okay. You didn't like him? I thought he was no. very direct, very authoritative, communicated a lot of information flawlessly. I guess. I mean, he just seemed very not personable to me. And I literally Who cares thought, about personable? I want to kick some butt out there, just like the president does. Well, yeah, but I, I, I don't want to talk to a robot. I want to see someone who seems personally engaged in what he's saying. He just looked like, really? I mean, literally, the first thing I thought he was saying, hmm. I thought he was reading. I was literally like, is this guy reading? Well, and he wasn't answering were, the question. Well, his eyes were moving a little bit funny, but he couldn't have possibly have been reading it because, you know, these well, things know. are not scripted. But I admit it, there was something funny a little bit on the eye movement. I just thought, I don't know, I just thought he had command of his subject matter and he wasn't going to take any guff. You know, from uh, from these from these media figures, these anchors. Okay, 
And I like that. If you didn't okay. like it, if how interesting that you and I have seen so many things the same way would not at all see Stephen Miller's Sunday talk I mean, show I performance the same. I didn't disagree with what he was saying in the clip we played or anything, but uh, I don't know. I was just saying I wasn't that impressed. All right. What about you? Did anybody watch Stephen Miller? Who's got it right on this guy? Is he a real asset? We need more Stephen Miller? Speaking for the president on policy? He's a senior policy advisor. Or do we need less? Funny how... Yaffe and I, as I say, we see the world so much the same, but not on Stephen Miller yesterday. 407-916-5400. Help us out here. Uh, a reality check on, on what's going on with Trump and, and these, um, uh, these illegal immigrants being arrested and deported, okay? So on the Sunday talk shows, they trotted out Trump's senior policy advisor, Stephen Miller, to defend the president on a host of issues, and I thought the guy was brilliant. Yaffe thought he was cold and robotic. We got some callers, we got some texters weighing in, and they're seeing it, you know, on both sides, some of them. Anyway, it's interesting about Miller. He's a rock-solid conservative who served as, um, as press secretary for former Congressman Michelle Bachman, you know, super strong conservative out of Minnesota. Remember her? And he also was the communications director for the now Attorney General, Jeff Sessions. He grew up in a liberal-leaning Jewish family out in California. His parents were ardent Democrats. But Miller became a conservative overnight after reading a book by the National Rival Association CEO, Wayne LaPierre, Guns, Crime, and Freedom. That was it for him. So he's been a conservative. He's a Duke graduate, by the way. So, I don't know. I thought he was a very strong spokesman for the president. Let's go to Paul in Orlando. Do you see it my way or Yaffe's way, Paul? Well, I, I first I'd like to apologize to Mr. Yaffe. I said millennials, but it's through our society. If there's not an element of fluff and entertainment, they don't like people that are on TV or in the public eye. And I found him to be very Dick Cheneyistic, if you will. I think he's a matter of fact, right. and he's going to get the job done. I like him. I like his message. Thank you. And what about the text line coming in? You got at least one ally there, Mike. Well, yeah. One person says uh, they agree with me. Miller was robotic and came off like Sheldon from The Big Bang Theory, which was interesting. Ooh. All right. <laughs> but there was there's another guy who told me to grow up. What do you want him to do? Sing and dance and smile? Here's George. <laughs> That's what he told me. Oh, so. taking some hits. Here's George <laughs> in Oviedo. Hello, George. Hello. Hello. What do you think? What do you think? Good morning. I uh, I like this fella. I think he's uh, very well spoken. I know, like you said, he was uh, associated with uh, Jeff Sessions. Yeah, and Bachman. And they work well together, I'm sure. So you know, it's uh, it's going to be uh, tough screening these immigrants and. Uh, getting uh, Islamist uh, uh, people uh, contained and sent out of here. And I think, uh, I think he's a good man to, to be a spokesman. And I don't appreciate uh, uh, your, your yappy guy. No, he's not uh, yappy. His name is Yaffe. Out. He's a terrific producer. We have a difference of opinion on Stephen Miller. Trust me, you won't do any better than listening to what Yaffe has to say. By the yeah. way, you need to catch his evening show that we're doing frequently on WFLA now, and this week we'll be talking about when that's coming up. Yeah, and I'm not necessarily against being a matter-of-fact kind of guy. I don't know. I just, I guess I got frustrated because sometimes they would ask him a question, like they asked him about a red line when it came to North Korea, and he completely dodged the question. And yeah. it's, it's just usual stuff. You know, there is someone, there is an advisor of Trump who 
makes a lot of rounds on the shows, who's also very matter-of-fact, that I like very much, and that's Sebastian Gorka. Yeah. But he doesn't, and you know, you can at least have a conversation with him. I guess, I yeah. guess it's more of a, someone who's in the communication business, mm-hmm. you know, appreciates that a little more, I guess. But I don't I don't hate the guy. I'm mm-hmm. sure he's very qualified, very smart, yep. says a lot of good things. So. All right. Good deal. The Obama administration, by the way, um, the Obama administration, you know, deported like two and a half, three million people, two and a half, three million people, illegal aliens, a lot of criminals. They operated around the border most of the time. I mean, come on. With, uh, you got you got these protesters, these organized leftist protesters who are going to bash Trump for anything he does, coming out, you know, out of their shoes over the fact that immigration agents arrested 600 illegals across the United States last week. In the summer of 2015, I look back, ICE announced the arrests of more than 2,000 people nationwide with the blessings, of course, of the president of the United States, then Barack Obama. The problem is Trump talks tough on illegal immigration. Obama was soft on it, but Obama was deporting all kinds of illegal criminals. Trump is saying, yeah, we're going to get them, the drug dealers and the gang members, and others are being removed. And and, and Trump is going after um, these people wherever he can find them. doesn't have to be at the border. And I think that's what's freaking out the left. I'm sorry. Party is over For people who broke into this country, that is an illegal act. I want them all out of here, whether they're hardcore repeat criminals and killers or whether they just broke into this country in violation of standing law. We're a sovereign nation. I want them all out of here. Frightening story out in California owing to all the rain they've received. And in the newsroom right now, Deb's got the very latest for us. Yeah, and that's uh, thank you, bud. Officials in Northern California are keeping the evacuation of low-lying areas in and around Oroville in place for now because of a possible dam failure. Mark Larducci with the Governor's Office of Emergency Services says Governor Jerry Brown has issued a disaster declaration for the area. He has issued... Uh, an emergency proclamation uh, for the situation. The proclamation will give us uh, the ability to take all actions necessary to protect public health. The Butte County Sheriff's Department said a problem with the dam's auxiliary spillway could lead to an uncontrolled release of floodwaters from Lake Oroville. Water is currently no longer flowing over an emergency spillway. Officials are trying to drop the reservoir level by 50 feet. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Back in the Sunshine State, Florida's CFO is headed for FAU. Chief Financial Officer Jeff Atwater says he'll be resigning from the state cabinet at the end of this year's legislative session and accepting a new job at Florida Atlantic University. He'll be the VP for Strategic Initiatives and will manage the university's finances and budget. Atwater's term on the cabinet doesn't end for almost two years, but he cannot run for re-election because of term limits. The governor says he'll miss Atwater and will start looking for a replacement. Rick Flagg, News Radio 1025 WFLA. Meanwhile, Governor Scott is discussing tourism jobs and manufacturing in southwest Florida today. The governor will participate in a roundtable at the Marine Concepts Manufacturing Plant in Cape Coral beginning at 8.30 this morning. He'll then head to a noontime event at the Museum of Science and Industry in Tampa. A Florida doctor is in trouble with the law for operating a fake cancer scheme for profit. Prosecutors say Dr. Gary Martyr of Port St. Lucie falsely diagnosed skin and t- skin cancer and told patients 
they needed radiation treatments when they didn't. Martyr was being investigated for quite some time and eventually reached a deal to pay up to $18 million to reimburse the government for Medicare payments on patients who weren't even sick. They say he pocketed millions of dollars in the scam. And animated movie character Police Chief Bogo of Zootopia fame might not be needed to crack a recent case of vandalism on Disney property. Graffiti was found over the weekend at the Walt Disney Amphitheater at Lake Eola, not technically Disney property. Orlando police haven't announced any arrests, but they do believe surveillance cameras will probably have the images of whoever did it. There's no word on a motive. Finally, in sports, the Magic take a four-game losing streak into tonight's game with the Heat in Miami. The Heat had their 12-game winning streak and Saturday night in Philadelphia. WFLA News Time 6:36. I'm Deborah Roberts, News Radio 102.5 WFLA. Get these stories and more at 102.5 WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now. Thank you, Deb. Let's bring in Gina Cervetti live in New York City in the Bloomberg Newsroom for our Monday morning Bloomberg Business Report. And good morning, Gina. Good morning, bud. Happy Monday. Absolutely right. Such as it is, let's talk (laughs) about the markets on Friday and what you see for today. All right. Well, the stock futures are slightly higher here this morning. Could be headed for a higher Wall Street open. We don't really have any economic data to watch for today. Global markets are extending a rally, and this is after the S&P climbed to a record high on Friday. It'll open this morning at 23.16. We have the Dow beginning at 20,269, and the NASDAQ opening today at 57.34. And you've got some things that you'll be keeping an eye on along with your team at Bloomberg this week. What are they, Gina? Right. We have uh, detail on the strength of U.S. consumer prices, an update on retail sales and housing starts. That's groundbreakings of new homes. We also have some speeches from a range of Fed officials, including Chair Janet Yellen, who delivers her semiannual testimony before Congress. That's two days of testimony, and it starts tomorrow. And I'll tell you what, brutal competition in the smartphone uh, business now And the big kahuna Verizon is under assault from some competitors. Quite a story Mm -hmm. here. Yeah, Verizon, in answering its competitors, plans to start selling a data package that includes unlimited data as its smaller rivals strike a chord with consumers who want to stream a lot of video without worrying about going over their cap because that can bring some uh, high prices. Verizon will charge $80 a month for a single user. That's $10 more than T-Mobile. In the fourth quarter, Verizon added 591,000 wireless subscribers, and that was half as many as T-Mobile. Sprint has also been pushing those unlimited plans. Okay, fair enough. And before you go, we're on the eve of Valentine's Day, and it's nice to know that if you want to buy your sweetheart some chocolates, this year you're going to get a break, right, Gina? Yes, indeed. We're paying less for chocolate this holiday compared with last year thanks to booming cocoa supplies in Latin America and West Africa, which account for 70 percent of production. The supply gains have pushed cocoa futures to the lowest since 2008, cutting costs for companies like Mondelez, which makes Cadbury chocolates and Oreo cookies. One national candy industry group says 70 percent of Americans will give chocolate or candy to their valentine. And the National Retail Federation says Americans are expected to spend about $1.7 billion on candy for Valentine's Day. Well, there you go. And before you go, since you can look right out the window there in New York City, I understand you guys are (laughs) going to get hit by old man winter again. Um, What's the forecast? What's going on up there in the Big Apple? 
Well, right now, uh, not a whole lot, but I was happy to hear uh, this morning or see this morning that uh, the temperature was actually at 40 degrees on my way in. But mm -hmm. I did hear from a colleague of mine who drives in uh, from the Pocono region of Pennsylvania, and he had some of that black ice this morning. So yeah. we just have to be careful and watch that temperature because... Um, I know New England is is getting hit, and uh, yeah, they got blizzard warnings for, up there yeah, in the Boston area. Yeah, right? we could be in for for a little bit more here. So just keep our eye on that forecast because it is that time of year, at least where we are living. But lucky you to be in Orlando. Thank you very much. <laughs> I give thanks every day. Thanks. Always great talking with you, Gina. We'll catch you tomorrow for another Bloomberg Business Report. Take care. All right, you too, thanks. All right, good deal. Here we go. Florida lawmakers getting it right on sanctuary cities and stand your crown. And I'll tell you where I'm coming from on that in a moment. It's important stuff. We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you coming up here in just two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. We're gearing up for the annual legislative session up in Tallahassee, and there, there's some really good movement on a couple of very key issues, I'm pleased to tell you, and driven by conservative Republicans in the legislature, have you heard about this Rule of Law Adherence Act? This bill has passed through key panels and is actually going to be debated on the floor. The Rule of Law Adherence Act cracks down on sanctuary cities and counties in the state of Florida and will make them pay a price for refusing to cooperate with federal immigration officials from ICE trying to ferret out and arrest and in some cases deport illegal aliens in the state of Florida, okay? And this is being driven by Republican Senator Aaron Bean out of Fernandina Beach and Representative Larry Metz out of Yalaha, Florida. He also is a Republican. It is the Rule of Law Adherence Act. This um, There's actually a couple of bills, and they, they seek to ban sanctuary policies in Florida, create fines and penalties for state agencies, local governments, or law enforcement agencies that use these policies and don't comply with federal immigration law. Federal law already requires states and local governments to cooperate with immigration law, but the current federal law doesn't have any penalties in place for those that fail to do it. Now we're going to put the penalties in. I don't have the specifics on what they are, but what those two lawmakers are saying, and it's absolutely true. You know what? We can't cherry-pick the law. We can't decide which laws we're going to obey and which laws we're not going to obey. And I'm going to put the hammer down on them here. Hopefully this will come up for a vote. You know, there'll be fierce opposition from the left, from the Democrats, from immigration advocates and local governments. But um, a similar bill passed the Florida House um, last session, but it didn't get through the Senate. Hopefully it will this time. It is the Rule of Law Adherence Act cracking down on sanctuary cities and towns and making them pay the price for, you know, for essentially thumbing their nose at, uh, at federal law on immigration. Oh, there's also a bill that shifts the burden in stand-your-ground cases from the prosecution or from the defense to the prosecution. The measure passed a Senate panel, now goes to the full Senate floor for debate, and we will watch for it closely. Right now, the burden of proof in Florida falls on dependents who invoke stand-your-ground as grounds to dismiss charges. The bill under consideration 
being proposed by Senator Rob Bradley would put the burden on prosecutors before cases ever go uh, to trial. And just to, if you're not into stand your ground particularly, in a stand your ground case, you've got to wind up proving two things to win the day in court, a reasonable fear that deadly force was necessary and that the other person involved intended to harm you. Okay, you need to do that. But it winds up being very expensive to try and prove your innocence. Now they're shifting the burden from the defendants, often just individuals, you know, who use deadly force to save their own lives, you know, are up against the power of the state and and, and some well-heeled prosecutors. So at any rate, that's what we're looking for there, and we will follow it. I don't know whether it's actually going to get through, but I like the idea that some very important measures on behalf of the we the people in Florida have made it into um, the legislative session that is coming up. 407-916-5400. Text line 23680 if you want to react to that. Nothing's more basic to the American criminal justice system than the principle of innocent until proven guilty, right? But with the stand your ground issue uh, and, and the stand your ground law in Florida, which is terrific, um, it really isn't that way. If you want to invoke stand your ground, you first have to, you have to prove your innocence. It's not assumed that you have a justifiable case for having used deadly force, and you bear the costs of proving that in court. And it's a backbreaker for people like Joseph Amare. In 2013, he was attacked by a group of people over in Ebor City, around Tampa. During the beating, he defended himself with a knife and ultimately killed one of his attackers. But when he tried to invoke stand your ground in his defense, it was his responsibility to prove his innocence because that's the way the law and the books is written now. Quote Amare, it was pretty hard financially. If I didn't have my parents to help me out and my grandmother, it was like I was probably just going to be railroaded through the system, stuck without anything, and it put us in a real bind. Listen to this. My parents, Amare says, had to remortgage the house, put a loan out on their truck that was almost paid off. If it wasn't for my parents, I would have been completely screwed. Or his, that's his word there. He eventually proved his case. The charges against him were dropped. But it wasn't cheap. If the bill currently in front of lawmakers had been, on, um, had been law in 2013, Amare's family would never have had to go into debt to prove that Stand Your Ground applied in his case. Even before he went to trial, he had to say he had to prove and bear the price of legally proving that and paying lawyers to say, I have a justifiable stand your ground defense. You know, Lee, though, is listening from Orlando with another take on what's going on to revise stand your ground. Hello, Lee. Well, I'm a bit troubled uh, about the change in law, even though I haven't seen the full bills. I don't know all the details. and I don't think you do either. Uh, but stand your ground can very easily be turned into kill your neighbor or kill the neighbor you don't like if we're not careful. Uh, you say the burden is you have to prove that you were in fear of your life and that the other person planned to do you harm. I, I, I'm sorry, but I don't see those as being heavy burdens because, number one, nobody can read your mind. So if you say you fear for your life, you fear for your life. And proving that the other people plan to do you harm I don't see that as a heavy burden either. You want stand your ground off the books? I I think stand your ground is a very slippery slope if we're not careful. 
if we make it too easy to say, oh, I was in fear for my life, this guy was going to hurt me, without any physical proof, people can take the opportunity to get rid of people they don't like and claim stand your ground, especially if there's nobody there but them. Well, this is the crux of the debate that will unfold in Tallahassee, Lee, and I appreciate opposing points of view, and I appreciate yours. So we have this cockamamie leftist UCF club, the, um, oh, what do they call them, Yaffe? Knights for Socialism. Yeah, the night, right, it's your, yeah. it's your campus, right? It's the night, it's the, the Socialist Knights or whatever, okay? Over the weekend, they, they gathered. Remember they had the fight club and they were training people to learn how, you know, to use martial arts or whatever to, uh, uh, to fight Trump supporters. Yeah, okay? bash the fash is what they call it. Thank them. you, the fascists. Say, yeah, exactly. So over the weekend, they had a whack-a-Trump event, okay, on the campus there, and they hoisted a pinata with Trump's face on it, and then they changed it to Sessions' face and a few other figures, Bannon's face, et cetera, and, um, and they invited people to come by using baseball bats um, and, and, and whacked the pinata, okay? I mean, uh, and, and what's really ugly here, there's a little video on it. It's not even worth um, your time, but um, some school kids – Young school kids were on a tour of the campus, and they invited them over there, you know, to whack Trump. And some of the kids were saying, yeah, I want to kill Trump. You know, what's going on in this country, for crying out loud? And it's interesting, the Socialist Knights put out information saying we had a huge crowd. The video shows about a dozen people there. Now, we invited UCF President John Hitt to come on last week and talk about this club and whether and how he felt about it. We never, am I correct? We did not get a reaction from the president's office, and we've heard precious little from the university. Would that be true, Yaffe? Yeah, from what I, from what I was reading from the Orlando Sentinel, the only thing the university said is they're not an official sponsored organization on UCF campus, so there's little that the university can do. If they tried to do anything, it would be what they say inhibiting free speech. Gotcha. Anyway. Just a little side note as we keep you up to date on the leftists on the campus of UCF. Good morning, Orlando. Good Monday morning at the top of the 7 o'clock hour. Thanks for being with us for our latest look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning a possible dam failure forces thousands to evacuate and a new right to sue over abortion in Florida. We'll have the details in one minute. Do we have a left-wing version of the Tea Party rising? Let's talk next on Good Morning Orlando. Good Monday morning. It's 7.03 on News Radio 102.5. Nearly 200,000 people are forced out of their homes in Northern California as the emergency spillway on the highest dam in the U.S. threatens to collapse. Cal Fire Incident Commander Kevin Lawson says his department is working with experts to make the lake's water go down. We're working very closely with DWR. Those are the subject matter experts for us. We're working very closely with them. We're going to continue to maintain that goal until we can get the lake. What the goal is is to get it to drop approximately 50 feet. A state of emergency is in effect as an emergency spillway on the Northern California Dam is near collapse. Public safety officials have ordered the evacuations of almost 200,000 people amid concerns. The Oroville Dam's crumbling emergency spillway could unleash floodwaters on areas below. Residents say they're shocked and angry after being told just over the weekend that they'd have to evacuate. Authorities are trying to fix a hole in the spillway, which was caused by erosion. Water levels, in fact, had gotten so high on Saturday that the secondary spillway was used for the first time 
in almost 50 years. It's not clear, though, when evacuees will be able to return to their homes. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A freshman lawmaker from Vero Beach stirs the abortion pot in the Florida legislature. Representative Aaron Grawl wants to create a new right to sue doctors after an abortion. Women can already do that under the current malpractice law, but it's complicated. This is difficult and a time-consuming process, places an unnecessary obstacle in the injured woman's path to a judicial remedy, and likely discourages the pursuit of valid claims. Grawl says she's trying to help women who suffer physical or emotional damage, but John Harris Mauer with Equality Florida says there's another motive. This bill is a blatant attempt to intimidate and shut down safe, law-abiding abortion providers. This bill is designed to make the legal landscape too risky for doctors to do their job by increasing their exposure to frivolous lawsuits and the expense of defending each one. The bill narrowly survived its first vote, but it's a long way from becoming a law. Meanwhile, the battle over abortion rages on decades after the U.S. Supreme Court decided the issue with dueling demonstrations for and against Planned Parenthood this past weekend. Demonstrations were held on Saturday in hundreds of cities nationwide. Opponents of Planned Parenthood want the organization to lose government funding because it offers abortions, even though it's illegal for the money to be put toward that purpose. And finally, check your fridge. One of America's largest cheesemakers and probably one of the most popular is recalling multiple products over fears of contamination. Sargento Foods announced this weekend that packages of its Longhorn Colby cheese and shredded nacho cheese are being pulled due to a potential contamination of listeria. The company added that there's been no confirmed reports of illness, but it's still urging customers to double-check any packages to see if they've been affected by the recall. Products include, again, sliced Colby Jack, uh, sliced pepper jack, shredded taco cheese, and more. Mm, Listeria, though, is a serious infection with symptoms ranging from fever, muscle aches, and diarrhea. So don't throw mess it with out. it. Don't mess with it. Yep. Yeah, or take it back to your point of purchase for a refund. WFLA News Time 707. Read about how an aspirin a day could help some pregnant women online now at 1025wfla.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. And alongside Deborah Roberts, Bud Hedinger here through the control room glass. Yaffe producing the program. It is Good Morning Orlando, the Monday edition from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Yeah, we're with you here on WFLA. Multiple ways to uh, to um, join us. Uh, News Radio 1025 on the FM dial in the Metro Orlando area. Still on AM 540 all across the peninsula and nationwide on iHeartRadio. Do we have a left-wing version of the Tea Party rising the left-leaning media would like to think so, but I see some distinct differences. Let's talk about this together coming up here in a moment, and we'll dig right in. We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic for you in just two minutes here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. So I keep on reading all these media reports about what we have now with all of these protests against absolutely everything Donald Trump says, does, or stands for amounts to a left-wing version of the Tea Party that developed in 2009. And, you know, I've got to push back against that because I don't really think that the comparison holds. I don't think this is left-right mirror image of the Tea Party movement. And I know something about the Tea Party movement, and I am 
drowning in what the left is doing every single day, and I suspect many of you are as well today. In 2009, the Tea Party rose up only in part in opposition to the election of Donald Trump. I make that Barack Obama. There there was an element of opposition to Obama. There was a small sliver that probably was racist, very small, overplayed by the media. The problem was you'd taken the most liberal senator in the entire Senate and made him president of the United States, an extreme leftist running a right-of-center country politically. And people pushed back against that. But the Tea Party was about more than that. All these leftist protests now, and they're very highly organized, it's all about trying to destroy President Trump and his presidency before it ever began. And that is not what the Tea Party movement was all about. I mean, I was in on it on the ground floor here in Central Florida. I emceed the very first Tea Party rally down at the Bandshell and Lake Eola in downtown Orlando. More 6,000 of you, police said, were there and an absolutely enormous crowd. We had special speakers coming in, one rally after another. It was incredible. It was March 21st, 2009. And I'll never forget it and all the Tea Party rallies that follow. These were just, these were rallies that, that were organized and people showed up with their handmade signs, et cetera, et cetera. None of these professionally made signs and these well-orchestrated chants, all of this stuff that's going on with the left now to destroy Trump before he even has a chance to be president of the United States, which he was elected to be, just trying to destroy him any way they can, no holds barred. The original Tea Party was not like that. The, they called it Tea Party. T was an acronym. T-E-A, taxed enough already. This was, we were railing back then about the level of taxation, about the overreach of the federal government, and not just at the beginning of the Obama presidency in 2009 with the most liberal man ever to hold the highest office in the land, but also the economic collapse in the closing months of the Bush regime followed by the big bailout to the tune of a trillion dollars of taxpayer money. We were railing against the level of government spending and control. And Barack Obama was only a small part of what gave rise to the Tea Party movement with what they're billing in the media now as the left-wing equivalent of the Tea Party is all about the left trying to destroy this president. It is not about anything else. Do you see any significant parallels between the Tea Party that rose in 2009 and changed the political landscape? And believe me, we were throwing, we wanted to throw everybody out. And we did in the next congressional election. This was not purely partisan, as this is against Trump now. This is not just a. This is not like the right wing Tea Party coming at you from the left. We wanted to do away with the with the big spending, unresponsive politicians in both parties. It was across party lines. I just don't see the parallels here. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe you can help me out. 
How do you see it? 407-916-5400 or text line 23680. Still have my morning coffee here as host on the 50,000-watt front porch. And good morning, Orlando, out of my Tea Party coffee cup from the very first Tea Party. It says, we the people on it, and it's got a copy of the Constitution's front page. And it says, Tea Party 32109, and I will never forget it. And Yaffe, you were there, even though we weren't working together that time. Yeah, you yeah, were just actually, a kid at UCF, right? <laughs> yeah, I had to. Uh, I was in a news class, and I had to cover local stories for the news, and I decided to cover that, so I brought my camera and was actually there in the crowd. You were a part of a lot of the Tea Party rallies. Yes. Your thoughts when I read in the media now that what we have with all of these protests, the anti-Trump protests, is a left-wing version of the Tea Party. Does the analogy hold? Well, in, in a lot of ways, it's too early to tell because what people forget about the Tea Party is it started as rallies, but it ended up turning into a very organized voting block that actually made a difference in elections. Difference in elections. All Huge do, game changer in 2010. Yeah, yep. I mean, all I have to do is look at Marco Rubio, Rand Paul, and others who got elected through that Tea Party movement. Governor Rick so, Scott was Tea Party as well. Exactly. So, I mean, if the left can turn this into an organized voting block that makes a difference in elections... Well, maybe you can say that, but right now they're just angry at everything and just getting and just protesting but everything. But it's all it's focused on Trump to me. Yeah, I think so. And I think only a part of what ro- brought the Tea Party into being was focused on I hate Obama. There was far more to it. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, really, the Tea Party started by uh, Rick Santelli from CNBC when he came up and he, he, and he yelled and he said, we need to do a Tea Party. Yep. He was railing against the stimulus package and the bailouts yes. of the banks. Yes. The bailouts was started by George W. Bush. That's the point I was making earlier, yeah, exactly. and you're right. It was Rick Santelli. Here is Judy in Deltona. Good morning to you, Judy. Hey, bud. I'm agreeing with both of you. The Tea Party movement was against the government becoming larger and invading into our lives, and we had little control over it. So anyone, didn't matter what side, we were against that. And you're right, that's where our support for specific members who are running for Congress or Senate, whatever, that were having those same um, principles of having a smaller government, less taxes, and more power to the people. Thank you, Judy, very much. Let's go to Andrew, though who does not agree with us. Uh, Andrew, you're on from Orlando. Good morning. No, I partially agree with you. Um, you know, I agree that it was against the bigger government and everything, but come on, to be the truthful part of it, a big portion took off, and it was anti-Obama thing. I spent so much time... Anti-Obama policies. I think with the what's going on now, they just personally hate Trump. Until he started putting out his policies. And, I mean, it's all the same thing. I spend so much time these days calming people who voted for, you know, that the Obama people and for the Trump people. It's like it's all the same. Not, it's just the president. It's just a suit. All right. Interesting. Spends all his time trying to calm everybody down, huh? Okay. I like it. That actually, that actually could be a valuable public service <laughs> at this point in time. Right. Text line incoming, Yaffe? Yeah, we got one person who says he was at the event, and he says, my stance was against rhinos. So it shows right there the reason why that person was there was against rhinos, not Obama. Right. There you go. And there you go. We'll watch it closely, okay? We could go all day on this, but we got important things to talk about, like Valentine's Day. Be ready to tell your story of the coolest Valentine's Day surprise or present you ever gave or got. We're going to talk about it. 
in our next segment here after Deb updates us on the news, and that is coming up in just a second. Monday morning on the 50,000-watt front porch. Deb's here. Before we get to the news, how about we take another call, partner? Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk to Joe in Titusville. Good morning, Joe. Hi, Deborah. I, I think both are, are solely there to delegitimize the president. I mean, the Tea Party, yeah, they had their points about the crash of and the overspending of the Republicans, but they didn't make the Republicans pay in 10. The Republicans paid in not in eight. And, uh, I mean, they went through the whole birther issue and everything. Uh, so they're both there to delegitimize the president. Anybody who says otherwise has amnesia. Really? Okay. Well, they got a bunch of uh, Republicans thrown out of office, too. You know? Not, not in 10. That was an eight. That, that was mostly an eight. Well, I'm going to have to revisit that. Anyway, Joe, thank you very much. In the meantime, Deb, let's get into the news. And I have seen video out of that um, situation with that dam they're worried that might fail. It is absolutely frightening to watch. It really is. And it's just one of those stories that just popped up out of nowhere over the weekend. Uh, officials in Northern California are keeping the evacuation of low-lying areas in and around Oroville in place for now because of a possible dam failure. Mark Illarducci with the Governor's Office of Emergency Services says Governor Jerry Brown is taking measures to ensure the public's safety. We are doing everything uh, we can in the effort to support uh, Butte County and the local authorities to be able to address um, most of the displaced. The Butte County Sheriff's Department said a problem with the dam's auxiliary spillway could lead to an uncontrolled release of floodwaters from Lake Oroville. Water is currently no longer flowing over an emergency spillway. Officials are trying to drop the reservoir level by 50 feet. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Back in Florida... A man enjoying a round of golf at Magnolia Landing in Fort North Fort Myers had to fight off a 10-foot alligator using the only weapon he had, a putter. I seen the size of him, you know, you can just see the claws and as he was pushing, pulling me back and I'm heeling in trying to go the other way and he just like, he looked like he was looking right at me and I'm looking at him. So I started to hit him right in his eye socket. So oh. about three times he let go of my foot. So <laughs> I crawled back and by that time the guys got, they were there. Yeah, Tony Arts, who's recovering from the injuries he received in the attack, has some advice for fellow Duffers, saying they should always keep a club in hand just in case. So that would be a hole in one eye and then a hole in the other. Yeah, exactly. And a hole in the foot, a hole in the eye, a (laughs) hole in one. Oh, man, what a story. Isn't that incredible? And finally this morning, a Florida woman is suing a restaurant after she fell from a donkey statue. Insert your own donkey joke here. Yes, Kimberly Bond says it was 18 months ago that she fell off the statue inside the El Jalisco Mexican restaurant in Tallahassee, breaking her back. In the lawsuit, Bond accuses the restaurant of negligence. Bond says she mounted the life-size donkey to have her picture taken when she slipped off the back and fell to the floor, fracturing her spine. The civil complaint contends the restaurant encourages patrons to climb the donkey without a ladder or chair for assistance. That's what I was wondering, you know, whether she was there... Um, because the restaurant wanted her there or doing something she shouldn't have done. I guess you just answered that question. Yes, there I see. Yeah. You didn't even have to ask any shelter. It's just fantastic. I love it. <laughs> Man, the synergy here is just awesome. By the way, I think Joe has a point. I was having trouble getting my arms around the calendar and where we were. In 2008, when we had the financial meltdown, 
You're right. There were Republicans who paid for that in the congressional election of 08. Yes. And there were some in 2010 who were the rhinos the Tea Party was working against. Um, some. But uh, he's right about 2008, Joe, and I just wanted to make sure that we gave you credit for that. All right. Yep. Valentine, Always fair, Valentine's but... Day tomorrow. I know. What's going on? Anything I you can know. share with us? <laughs> No. <laughs> no, probably not. Under the category of none of your darn business, bud man. It's called Nunya. Nunya? Yeah, Nunya business. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I get the point. Okay, it's getting a little frosty in here. The temperature just dropped 50 degrees all. in three seconds. <laughs> I, I can I get... share mine if, if you want. What do you got, okay, what do you, what do you have planned? Um, You know, coming to work and <laughs> going home, taking a nap. and I don't know, watch some TV maybe. Is that... We have got to get. Why are you making me cry when I have so much to <laughs> we do? We got to get Yaffe a sweetie. He's the catch, man. I know. You know he's a catch. I know. You I know? know he is. You're spoken for. I'm spoken for. We got to get Yaffe. We need. A, we need a sweetie for Yaffe. Yeah, we got to we have do. a maybe in a sound judgment game no. we're playing later no, on no, here. No. We we'll give away a date with Yaffe. No, 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 no. The only disclaimer would be that crazy need not apply. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, he's a he's a he's a terrific guy. I'm telling you, in a moment, though, what we want to do is um, I want you to call me and give some folks some real ideas where we're saying, <laughs> oh, God, I don't know, flowers, chocolates, dinner outs every year on Valentine's Day. Let what me give you do? a hint from a woman. What? Even if you handmade it, like a card or something, as long as you can tell there's more than 90 seconds of effort were put into it, you really don't have to spend a lot of money. Yeah. You can make it 20 bucks or less. Having said that, Share with us so others might get a little inspiration for tomorrow, Valentine's Day. What's the coolest Valentine's Day gift you ever gave or got or surprise you ever experienced or pulled off on your sweetheart on Valentine's Day? If you got a story, share it with us. That's what the 50,000-watt front porch is all about, 407-916-5400, or text us to 236 Eight zero, okay, and show us a little love. Cause if you don't share your story, I have no idea what we're gonna do with the next segment. There'll be nothing but crickets. <laughs> don't do that to me, please. There must be a story or two out there. Surprises, special gifts on Valentine's Day. All you need is love. Oh, the Beatles. Nice job queuing up our song there, Yaffe. I like it a lot. You know, it's good for Valentine's Day. And the smartest audience in talk radio for a couple of minutes is going to turn into the most romantic audience in talk radio. For those of you who are just saying, I'm going to do something new tomorrow. Just can't be chocolates, flowers, and dinner out. Come up with something special. Some ideas now as we go to the audience and our callers beginning with Glenn in Moss Park. Go ahead, uh, Glenn. What do you got? Hey, bud, I'm going to save your segment here, okay? Listen, most, most construction workers and guys who work out of their vehicles for years have known that a can of SpaghettiOs on the exhaust manifold gives you a hot lunchtime, okay? Well, I stepped up the game a few years ago, and I found this book <laughs> called Cooking Under the Hood, and you can actually make dinners, either pre-cook them or actually cook them on the ride from Orlando to Cocoa Beach, Titusville area, and take your sweetheart over to the beach yeah. and have a hot dinner right 
you pick it up, put it in the cooler, take it over, spread a blanket out on the beach, and have a hot meal right on the beach as the sun's going down. And it's a real nice romantic way to, and kind of inexpensive way, to have a nice dinner out in a nice romantic location. So while you're driving out there and it's hot under the hood with the engine, you, you heat up the dinner. Heat it up or make it. Actually, I've made chicken marsalis and green beans, and um, I've made uh, desserts from everything from bread pudding to <laughs> chocolate melting cake. I love all it. All wrapped in foil, nicely packaged in there and everything. You are the man, Glenn. Thank you so good. I love that. Let's go to Steve in Orlando. Hey, Steve, go ahead. So help out yes, the folks there who are looking to do something a little different, a little special this Valentine's Day. Okay, this is what I did uh, while I was in the Army. My wife was working at a... Uh, a uh, place in education, and uh, uh, I hired a uh, quartet to go and uh, sing to her. It included chocolates and uh, yeah. roses and balloons and also a night out You know uh, what? You're, you're reminding me. I used to be in a barbershop quartet years ago, and we used it to get hired exactly on Valentine's Day to do exactly that. It was a bar- barbershop quartet, and uh, I hired them to a, uh, <laughs> sing Let Me... Call you, sweetheart. So we, oh, you old romantic, Steve. I'm telling you, I bet she melted like chocolates under the hood. <laughs> Taking you back to Glenn there. Here's William in Orlando. William for Valentine's Day. You got an idea? Yeah, thank you. Uh, uh, hey, Batman, thank you for the show. You and the whole team, uh, I'm really uh, happy to hear you every, every morning. Thank you. Um, and um, what I did uh, to my wife now, uh, Back in uh, on, when we started dating, um, I, I drew, she was overseas, and I drew a picture of herself uh, in the portrait, and I bought all uh, flowers that on uh, one of the regular uh, craft uh, stores, and I made myself a, a nice bouquet, and I put it in a box, and I wrapped it. I made a, 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 a you know a card and all that, yeah. and I sent it overseas with a frame, and I think that probably was the biggest home run I ever made because uh, that was a big yes. And when I proposed, and then we still made it for after 25 years. How about you, William, and 25 more of Wedded Bliss? Thank you very, very much. At least 25 more. Great stories here. You know, the 8 o'clock hour on Monday is my favorite hour of the show because I get to sit back and pretty much just listen to the smartest audience in the talk radio sounding off on the topic of their choice, whether I agree with it or not. If you want to get in early on any of the things we've been talking about here... And there's been a whole lot uh, in the course of the last two hours. Uh, The number is 407-916-5400. Our text line always open at 23680. Uh, We've been talking about, um, on the Trump train, all of these immigration um, roundups and people being arrested, et cetera, you know, and the left is going apoplectic and the media just uh, is saying, oh, my God, Trump is completely out of control. He's saying, I'm just following through on a campaign promise. And the reality, as I explained to you earlier in the show, is um, he's really not deporting people at really anything exceeding the rate of Barack Obama. And the left didn't have a problem with any of that going on here. So we can talk about it. Florida lawmakers getting it right on cracking down on sanctuary cities and counties with big-time penalties if this goes on to become law A great change in Stand Your Ground that we debated earlier is in the works as well. We talked about whether or not these leftist protests essentially are just a left-wing version of the old Tea Party. I say they are distinctly different um, one from the other. And we can take more calls on your really great Valentine's Day surprises that you've been able to pull off or you've experienced 
are also just some great gift ideas. So all be ready to go. It's your show for the next hour, 407-916-5400. Our text line, 23680. It's the Bud Man, the Deb Meister, and Yaffe. It's Good Morning Orlando on a Monday from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. We're on WFLA, News Radio 1025 FM, still on AM 540 and Nationwide and iHeartRadio. Coming down the hallway from the newsroom to update us on this frightening situation out in California, Deborah Roberts on the possible dam failure forcing 200,000 people or so to evacuate immediately. And there is a teacher shortage throughout Florida. We'll find out about that as well. From all of us here on the 50,000-watt front porch, we are glad you're with us at 759. Good morning, Orlando. Hope you had a great weekend. It's the top of the 8 o'clock hour, and we are glad you're with us for the latest check on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. I'm Bud Hedinger. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning a possible dam failure forces thousands to evacuate, and there's a teacher shortage throughout Florida. We'll have the details in one minute. And what's on your mind? Let me know. It's Open Mind Monday next on Good Morning Orlando. Good Monday morning. It's 802 on News Radio 1025. Nearly 200,000 people are forced out of their homes in Northern California as the emergency spillway on the highest dam in the U.S. threatens to collapse. Cal Fire Incident Commander Kevin Lawson says the evacuation took place because of how dangerous the situation is. Essentially, what we're looking at is approximately a 30 foot wall of water that would be coming out of the lake. Not the lake draining, but a 30 foot wall of water. That is why we took the appropriate measures that we did, and the sheriff did, and implemented the evacuation. Public safety officials put out the evacuation order yesterday afternoon over worries about the Oroville Dam. Highways are jammed with bumper-to-bumper traffic as people living downstream from the earthen dam scramble to get to higher ground. The emergency spillway had never been used until the main concrete spillway started crumbling last week after a huge hole opened up. The lake behind the dam is near overflowing because of all the heavy rains that have fallen on Northern California since the beginning of the year. Oroville Dam is about 150 miles northeast of San Francisco. More than 1,000 National Guard members have been called in to help deal with the emergency. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. School districts all over Florida are facing teacher shortages, including in elementary education, which historically had the easiest jobs to fill. The shortages are forcing school districts to ramp up recruitment for the 2017-2018 school year. The recruiting is starting earlier than ever as well, and recruiters are exploring out-of-state candidates in the Midwest and Northeast. A main reason for the shortage is a drop in Florida college students majoring in education. Some education professors say more college students than ever are saying they don't think education is a rewarding career. In the Orlando area, Orange County schools added 10,000 students in the past two years. The school district hired 1,800 new teachers for the school, uh, current school year, but it's still not enough. North Korea is claiming this weekend's ballistic missile test was a success. The country's state-run news agency says leader Kim Jong-un personally oversaw the test of a new medium-to-long-range missile early Sunday. The missile's reportedly capable of carrying a nuclear warhead. It was fired from the country's western side and fell into the sea. The test came as President Donald Trump was hosting the Japanese prime minister at his Mar-a-Lago estate in South Florida. In local news, no surprise here, ticket prices are rising again at Disney theme parks. 
Prices vary at the parks depending on time of year and other variables, but the company increased certain costs by up to $5 starting yesterday on some single-day tickets. Single-day tickets to the Magic Kingdom, for instance, will now cost $107 during value periods, $115 during regular periods, and peak season single-day tickets will remain $124. You know what? When we moved here a little over 30 years ago, I distinctly remember what it cost to get into the Magic Kingdom, 26 bucks. You know what's crazy, bud, too? They've been talking about what those tickets cost when Walt Disney World first opened back in 1971. Far less even than that. $3. Really? $3. Whoa, no kidding. $3 to get into the Magic Kingdom. $3 and some odd cents. You can't even park your car for $3 in this day and age. Oh, it's about 20 I think. It's but at least 20 seen back, back in those days, though, they had the separate tickets you had to buy for the rides. Yeah, right? the like, e-tickets, I believe right, Which was called. the big one and all of that. So, so I guess maybe that was once you got in there, you had to pay that for the rides. But still... Wow. Three dollars. What a difference. And you know what? They still can't tamp down demand. I mean, uh, it's whatever the traffic will bear. That's our capitalistic system. And they haven't found the upper limit yet at the Magic Kingdom. But I still think they should do like a throwback Thursdays where they throw the price back to 1971 for Florida residents. You wouldn't be able to move in that place. (laughs) I would be willing to take the challenge. Would you? No. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. I don't know about that one, Deb. But still, it just warps the mind to think of being able to get into Walt Disney World for $3. Can't even get a bottle of water there for $3. Exactly. Exactly. You know? So there you have it. WFLA News Time 807. See the full list of the winners for this year's Grammy Awards online now at 1025wfla.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. From the Frontgate Realty Studio, visit laurahasthebuyers.com. Catch us nationwide on iHeartRadio. Download that fantastic iHeartRadio app. It's the Deb Meister, the Bud Man, and Yaffe, and we are with you on the um, best hour of the entire show. When it goes well, there's nothing like Open Mind Monday, and we're going to be taking your calls on the topic of your choice. And uh, Deb, we got somebody here who's got a Valentine's Day idea that you love. Yes, he does. What we're a... not going to it now, but... Oh, but kudos to you, Ken. He, let's bait the hook. What's he doing here? What's he saying? He's saying... He says that he got his wife a kitten once for, for Valentine's, Valentine's Day. That would work for you, huh, animal oh, lover? Oh, yes. A kitten, puppy, bird, reptile. As long as you're giving it to another adult, not necessarily to a small child, Absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. How'd your Animal House show go over the weekend on Sunday? It went really well. I want to thank Dr. Angela Bockelman from Young's Animal Hospital in Titusville and her husband, Brian, for making the trip out, joining me yesterday afternoon. And, of course, thanks to all the listeners who texted and called in with their questions for our esteemed veterinarian. Yep. Deb, Deb is live on Sunday afternoon with Animal House, 3 until 4, and, of course, with us every morning here on Good Morning Orlando as my co-host and partner on the 50,000-watt front porch. But now we're all going to turn it over to you. And, yeah, Ken, we'll hear about that kitten Valentine's Day story. We're also looking for great surprise ideas and great gift ideas for Valentine's Day that you've either given or gotten over the years. Share it with everybody who's out there looking for something a little bit different. Also, I've got a caller on the line who says, you know what, this terrorist threat is just way overblown. I want your take on any topic, and uh, I will keep an open mind 
which is why I call it Open Mind Monday. But it doesn't work if you don't call. Give me a call at 407-916-5400. Sound off on the text line at 23680. Open Mind Monday begins. We'll have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here in just two minutes on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Jay thinks the uh, terrorism threat, which the president tells us is very real and very serious, is overblown. I'm coming to you in a minute, Jay, and you may want to react to what Jay is about to say or give me your take on whether or not you think that the threat of terrorism is being overplayed by the Obama or by the Trump regime. I don't think so at all, but this is not about me. This is Open Mind Monday. It's about what you think. 407-916-5400, our text line 23680. But we have a leftover call from our um, Coolest Valentine's Day Surprises and Gifts segment last hour. And Ken from Orlando, you're the caller that the Debmeister was talking about a moment ago. Good morning, Ken, and thanks for staying on the line. Well, good morning, and happy Valentine's Day to everyone. Yeah, it is Uh, Valentine's Day Eve. We're trying to get out ahead of it here for folks who are looking to do something a little bit special. Absolutely. Yes, uh, many years ago, uh, my wife, uh, I was picking my wife from work, and uh, we believe in uh, rescuing animals, and we, I found a really, really cute little kitten. And uh, as I picked her up from work, uh, she was coming out, and I emptied, had emptied out my glove compartment box, and I set the little kitten in the glove compartment box and closed it, uh, not for very long. And uh, when she came out, I wished her happy Valentine's Day, and I said, by the way, will you get out my sunglasses? And she opened oh. up the... She opened up the glove compartment box, and, of course, what popped out was a beautiful little kitten meowing, and I said, happy Valentine's Day to her. Oh, man, and I'll bet that went over like nothing else. It sure did. And one more thing. Yeah. The first time I ever heard Deborah Roberts on the radio was Valentine's Day several years ago, and uh, I thought to myself right then, she's going to be a star. No kidding. You like her on our show, huh? I really do. She, she brings a lot to the show, and so does Yaffe, of course. Oh, absolutely. we got a great, great team here, no question about it. Best I have ever worked with. And thank you for recognizing that. I appreciate it, Ken. I really do. Now on Open Mind Monday, Jay, you're on the line from Plant City. Jay, what's on your mind today? Yeah, since Obama's watch, you know, um, I think we've had somewhere around 70 people killed over like eight years, probably about, about eight or ten terrorists or whatever. So that's about eight or nine people a year. We have a murder rate in this country of 16,000. That's not the real tragedy. Jay, Jay, hang on a second. I wonder if I could refresh your memory. There's a there's a town called Orlando that's kind of up the road a little bit from you in Plant City. Do you have any recollection of 49 people being slaughtered in a nightclub by a terrorist pledging allegiance to ISIS and killing in the name of Allah? Does that ring a bell? Yeah, it does, and I put that in account. I'm saying with what was killed in Orlando, plus the other so-called terrorists that killed Americans during his watch, come to somewhere around 70 people total. 70 so people? Huh? 70? Yeah, well, you had, you had 50 in Orlando. The first two were Sonaro brothers in, in, in Boston. We had two people there, uh, three or four. Then you had uh, the rest of them besides San Bernardino, which had, what, 12 or whatever, so it's a little over 70, maybe, total, okay? Now, that compares to the 16,000 we have every year. That's not the real tragedy. The real tragedy, that means we got around about 15,000 killers walking around last year, and we got 15,000 killers walking around this year. Now, you're talking about just criminals, right? 
Like, yeah, I'm saying that, you know, most killings are one-on-one. There's some multiple yeah, killings. Mm-hmm. So to me, the real trends are not the 16,000 that died for murder. It's the 15,000 we got walking around in this country right now who's going to commit murder in this country right now. So when you pull up on on um, certain place on the trail at 12 o'clock at night and you stop at that red light, you ain't worried about no ISIS. I say let's ban the Negro and don't and because he's, he's responsible for a lot of this. And when they die out, do not replace them since Trump got all his power. Stop all Negroes from coming into the country. Now, you're black yourself. That's an interesting comment. Who was that, yeah? I think he was being a little facetious. I think a little yeah. bit, yes. <laughs> so was I on my comment about, you remember that little incident up the road in Orlando. You know? Right. Yeah. What about it? Is the terrorist threat being overblown? Jay made the case. How do you see it? Are all of these protests just kind of a left-wing version of the Tea Party? I don't see them as being analogous, but I don't care. It's not for me to say right now. It's for you to say on Open Mind Monday. Really cool Valentine's Day gifts and surprises. If you've got a story, that would help a lot of folks out or are searching around for something special for their Valentine tomorrow. 407-916-5400. It's always great to take the temperature of the smartest audience and talk radio, and we do it in a, a very focused way every Monday in the 8 o'clock hour with Open Mind Monday. We swing open the 50,000-watt front porch, for your take on any topic, whether I agree with it or not, I will keep an open mind. Yaffe, you're taking the incoming and checking it out on that text line at 23680. What do you see? Oh, uh, yeah, we have a bunch of people because you were talking about the whole Tea Party thing. And uh, is the left, you know, creating a new Tea Party? A lot of people think that is a misguided comparison. So do I. Yeah, yeah. Um, one person says the comp- comparison of the Tea Party to the left protest is so misguided the tea party never did any act of violence they brought two hundred and fifty thousand people to washington another person i've getting a lot of people saying that the tea party never condoned violence and that's the biggest difference one person says these protests from the left are more comparable to occupy wall street than the tea party i think those points are well taken don't you i think yeah. those points are well taken yeah and i mean the tea party was, was a very hallmark peaceful, of the yeah. tea very very passionate but very very peaceful we were right in the middle of it when it all started with the Tea Party rally in downtown Orlando at the Van Shell and Lake Eola in, in March, March 21st. It was a Saturday. We had 6,000 people turn out. I'll never forget it. What a privilege to be the master of ceremonies for that and the other ones that followed. Let's go to Open Mind Monday on another topic, which we have talked about, I believe. Here is Bob from Longwood. Bob, what's on your mind? Uh, thank you, bud. Uh yeah, uh, last week you were talking about Christopher Columbus and uh, uh, Lee, General Lee, about their statues that, you know, they're taking them down, you know. they. Yeah, by uh, way of refreshing the audience to get them up to speed with where your take will be in a moment, at Pepperdine University in California, uh, they're taking down the Christopher Columbus statue and shipping it over to his hometown in Italy for display there, uh, you know, because all of this modern, politically correct um you know, dogma that is out there about the fact that Indians wound up being terribly mistreated because of him, yada, yada, yada. And now General Robert E. Lee's statue is being removed in Chancellorsville, Virginia, site of an extraordinary victory. And this guy was an absolute military genius, and uh, it's outrageous what we're doing to our American history and the symbols of it. 
Yep. The only thing I got to say, you take John, uh, uh, John F. Kennedy and Clinton and um, uh, King, they were all womanizers. Right. Their statues and everything, streets and everything, should be taken away too. That's yeah. the way I feel. Yeah. Nobody seems to have a problem with any of that, right? Yeah, they don't have a problem with that. But they, uh, actually, even with uh, uh, Trump, they said he was a womanizer and everything like that. And you know, I mean, uh, but let's take care of the other people too. Okay. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, Bob. I appreciate that. How about? Um, Nancy, on the 50,000-watt front porch from DeLand. What's on your mind this morning, Nancy? Hi. Good morning, bud. Hi. I want to try and be as careful as possible about my opinions. I've lost, apparently, a lot of friends from my conservative views. Wow. But I want I try and be, um, watch the, uh, the liberal news as well as conservative news to try and get a balance. Okay. And frankly, I'm having a hard time knowing who to believe anymore. How okay. do you know who to believe? You know, the left has as much ammunition as the right. We can come back and forth to each other on every issue. What do you do? Well, you tell me what you do. <laughs> I try and be a pacifist, which I... it's. You not, try to be what? A pacifist? Yeah, because then that's not working. Uh, what, is, yeah. what, what does that mean? I mean, you, you don't want the U.S. military used for any purpose, or you or you don't want to argue a point with anybody? Right, arguing. I My conservative views are so far right, according to my left friends, that they don't even want to talk to me. Give me an example so of a conservative view that they consider to be off the wall to the right. Uh, well, like um, beefing up the military. <laughs> Um, anything radical they consider, you know, with the immigration issue, they don't want to like because they want us all to love everybody, yeah. open borders, that kind of thing. And I, so I, I'm a Christian. I'm the only Christian in the bunch. Yet I come off, in their opinion, sounding like a really harsh, mean-spirited person. Interesting. A few thoughts on this, Nancy. Even though it is Open Mind Monday, and it's all about what you think, not what I think. Um, I'd declare a politics-free zone when you're with these friends if you want to keep the friendships. Otherwise, I'd find new friends. You can do one of two things. There's nothing else that's going to work, in my opinion. How do you deal with that? If you happen, say, to be a conservative, we have a lot of folks who listen to this program who are, some who are not, which is wonderful. How do you deal with that issue of having friends who don't see it your way? Do you just shut up? You go get new friends. You declare a politics-free zone, which I've done with a lot of my old college friends I still see and sing with. Nobody talks politics. We enjoy other things about each other. But politics is verboten. This is actually good fodder for Open Mind Monday, because I'd love to know, because a lot of you are dealing with that, and you could see our last caller is struggling with it. Let's see how you are handling that very, very harsh, clear and present reality across America. A possible dam failure forcing nearly 200,000 people to evacuate in the state of Florida may be close to building the Southwest Florida Bike Trail. Deborah Roberts updating our news at the bottom of the hour. And good morning, Orlando, on a Monday here on the 50,000-watt front porch. Well, the Open Mind Monday lines have suddenly exploded We'll hear from you next, but we all need to hear from Deb right now as we're keeping our eyes on that frightening situation 
involving a dam in danger of failure out in suddenly rain-soaked Northern California. Deb? Yes, thank you, Bud, where officials in Northern California continue to keep the evacuation of low-lying areas in and around Oroville in place for now because of that possible dam failure. Mark Garalucci with the Governor's Office of Emergency Services says Governor Jerry Brown has issued a disaster declaration for the area. He has issued uh, an emergency proclamation Uh, For the situation, the proclamation will give us uh, the ability to take all actions necessary to protect public health. But the good news is the immediate threat of catastrophic flooding is easing after California officials managed to stop water from flowing over a crumbling emergency spillway from the Oroville Dam, which is located about 150 150 miles northeast of San Francisco. Almost 200,000 people in communities below Oroville Lake have been evacuated. However, a state of emergency remains in effect. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Some children will be getting what looks like a much needed lesson in fire safety. Children playing with a lighter are being blamed for starting a brush fire yesterday in Kissimmee. The fire burned 25 acres, came within 15 feet of buildings, and led to the evacuation of the Temple Grove subdivision. No one was hurt, and the children and their parents were ordered to attend a juvenile fire setters, a fire setters program. In other local news, getting to and from work could be a little easier today. That's because a busy intersection in Orange County affected by the I-4 alternative project reopened yesterday. The closure of Maitland Boulevard and Keller Road brought major congestion. Work will continue, though, in Maitland until next year, and improvements to I-4 will last at least another four years. Here's some good news for cyclists, though. The state may be a step closer to building the Southwest Florida Bike Trail. Southwest Florida counties are getting behind an effort to create a bike trail stretching from Clearwater to Naples. Transportation planners from seven Gulf Coast counties have formed an alliance supporting a proposal to build a 300-mile Gulf Coast trail. Currently, bike trails are only paved segments with large gaps to fill. The Florida Greenways and Trails Foundation says a trail 150 miles or longer becomes a destination that can add up in overnight stays and be an economic boost along Florida's Gulf Coast. In Tampa, Sharon Parker, News Radio 102.5 WFLA. And finally in sports, the Magic take a four-game losing streak into tonight's game with the Heat in Miami. WFLA News Time, 8.37. I'm Deborah Roberts, News Radio 102.5 WFLA. Get these stories and more at 102.5WFLA.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now. All right, Deb, thanks for the update. It's the Bud Man, the Deb Meister, and Yaffe. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com or on WFLA for you. News Radio 1025 FM, still on AM 540, and nationwide on iHeartRadio. Callers on Open Mind Monday sounding off on how they deal with being, you know, politically different than their friends. Another caller says Planned Parenthood ought to be defunded. Another says the left is destroying the Constitution. Open Mind Monday coming right up. Callers, I got a bunch of you on the 50,000-watt front porch. You've got something to say on Open Mind Monday and not a whole lot of extra time because we got the game, Sound Judgment, coming up in the next segment. So quick and focused if you can. Cherry and Mount Dora on the issue raised with another caller. How do you, if you have strongly held political views, handle your friends who see things politically so differently. How do you do it, Cherry? 
Hi there, Bud. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's interest, it is interesting because, I first of all, we find that there's a people that I work with who have similar beliefs, but when we uh, talk about it, we have to whisper about it. And it's, you know, it, it's like we can't really be open, which is really sad. It feels very McCarthy-like, you know, McCarthyism-like. But the way we kind of deal with it and the way I personally deal with it is I look at my faith personally and my um, constitution, and those are my two filters for my decision-making. And I think, okay, if this is happening or something particularly is really big going on right now, I kind of go back to those filters and I explain to, try to explain to people that that's how a lot of conservatives think, is that we try to look at those particular filters, and maybe not always yeah, faith, mm-hmm. but particularly okay. constitution. Got it. Thank you very much. Good conservative approach there. Susan and Castleberry. So what do you do? You got friends who are politically different than you are? How do you deal with it? Well, I have one friend in particular. We've been friends since the 90s. She's got progressively more conservative. I've always been pretty liberal. And we just had to finally say no more political talk. Let's talk about all the many other things there are to talk about yep. in the world in order to preserve our, you know, very yeah. long friendship. Yeah, I have I have some dear old friends from long ago, college friends I still sing with occasionally, and it's a politics-free zone when we're together for the sake of the friendship that is most definitely exactly. worth having apart from politics. Yep, thank you, Susan, very much. I totally relate to that. Here is uh, Brad in Winter Park on another topic. It's Open Mind Monday. What's on your mind, Brad? Hey, bud. I'm a, I'm a Reagan conservative. And did you ever hear the old adage that sometimes the answer is so simple, it's right there in front of all of us, but yet the mainstream media and everyone who's sympathetic left-wing to their cause will use it in a false way. And what I mean by that is the Constitution. The left wants to shut you down. They cry. They scream, Constitution, Constitution. They scream all these things, but it's all a smokescreen because at its core, even people like Ruth Gader Ginsburg, an esteemed Supreme Court justice, once was quoted as saying she likes other countries' constitutions better than ours. The left shouts that the Constitution is racist because the founders were slave owners. This three-court kangaroo court, the Ninth Circuit, which has been overturned so many times, they ignored the Constitution. Even Jonathan Turley and Dershowitz said as such. Absolutely, they did. Real liberal voices uh, analyzing, um, you know, criminal justice and legal issues, um, principally on CNN. Thank you for that. I got to go. Rick and Sanford, uh, quickly on your topic for Open Mind Monday. Uh, A lot of talk about... um, civil rights and that this morning i heard you talking about the statue i think that any organization that was founded with the purpose of exterminating black people in the united states should be defunded and that would be planned parenthood founded by margaret sanger you really think they was founded to just extinguish black people if you i think that's an incomplete view of what planned parenthood is is all about, certainly of what it's all about today. With all due respect, Rick, thank you. All right, time now to shift gears. It's fun and games. It's the sound judgment game. And we got we got some great movie passes. You're going to the movies and a really potentially great movie. At least Yaffe is real high on it. And you can have passes on us if you are our winner of our sound judgment game, okay? And the only way to win is 
is to be on the phone and ready to play. And the way you get on the phone is to call this number now, and Yaffe will put you on hold for a very short time. Sound judgment contestants only, 407-916-5400. 407-916-5400. Before we sign off and hand it off to Glenn and Rush and Dave Ramsey for the rest of the afternoon, morning and afternoon on WFLA, let's play our sound judgment game and give away some nice prizes to one of the esteemed members of the best audience in talk radio and uh, you're part of that yaffe what are we playing for today yes buddy going a four pack of passes to see the great wall before it hits theaters this friday february 17th it's one of mankind's greatest wonders 1700 years to build and 5500 miles long what were they trying to keep out on February 17th, discover the secret of the Great Wall. Legendary Pictures and Universal Pictures present Matt Damon in an epic adventure of the new year. The Great Wall in theaters, Real D, 3D, and IMAX 3D, rated PG-13. And by the way, the passes, yeah, February 17th, so this Friday. Okay, good deal. You're pretty high on this movie. You think it's one you're going to go see, right? Um, I'm not pretty high. It looks pretty good. I want to yeah. see it, but right. um, you know, we'll have to see if it's like one of the best or anything. All right, here we go. You ready? On the eve of Valentine's Day, a love song that stood the test of time is the focus of our sound judgment game. We're going to play a part of Elvis singing Love Me Tender. And when Elvis stops singing, all you have to do is sing the rest of the line and finish the song. Get all the words right, even if you can't carry a tune in a bucket, and you're going to the movies on us. Yaffe? Line four, finish it. Oh, my darling, I love you, and I always will. Sounds pretty good to me, Yaffe. Let's play it. For my darling, I love you, and I always will. I think you may have had a different first word there, but... Hey, come on. It's the season of love, and uh, we're going to give away the prize right now. You're our winner. Congratulations. Thank you, bud. Good voice, too. Powerful. Not bad for a 71-year-old, right? Hey, I'm telling you what. How about you, man? Hey, now listen. um, uh, Give me your first name. I'll write you a note to accompany the movie passes, okay? Carmelo, C-A-R-M-E-L-O. Carmelo. Okay. Bingo. And where are you calling in from, Carmelo? Orlando, Florida. Yeah, we love this town. Okay. Carmelo, don't go away. When Yaffe gets a minute and he's pretty busy, we're a little short-staffed this morning, uh, he will get with you and we will make the connection. You're going to the movies on us. I hope you have fun. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. We appreciate you, too. Hey, that'll do it for the Sound Judgment Game, Open Mind Monday, and three hours of talking over the hottest topics, local and national, with the best audience in talk radio. For Deb and Yaffe and the whole team, the Budman here, thanks for being with us from the Frontgate Realty Studio. Visit laurahasthebuyers.com. See you tomorrow. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless America.